It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's Superhero Slate. Oh yeah. Hello everyone and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV movies and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, we're looking at the first Toxic Avenger reboot photos, Mike. Yes. We're going to hope Chris can explain what any of this is to me. I, well, <laughs> I, I, I looked at the thumbnail for this week, and I'm like, Mike doesn't know what he's looking at, and I love this. <laughs> uh, I could tell right away. So we're going to get into that. Uh, in other news for Mike on the side that he does understand, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles' new show unveils a logo and title. The that's, that's, the only, that's the only disfigured, mutated thing I need in my life. Right. We, we are getting so much ooze all over this podcast <laughs> today, Mike. Ooze. And uh, DC Studios is moving to the UK, and we'll tell you guys what that means. Oh, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Bloody hell. <laughs> uh, and more. Oh, sorry for any. Uh, that was UK bad. That was bad. Listeners out <laughs> yeah. there. My wife, my wife would be the first one to tell anyone that listens to the show that I am atrocious at accents. I try to slip into one and then it weaves into the other one. Like I'll start off like doing a really bad Australian accent and then all of a sudden I'm British and then I'm German and I don't know where I am anymore. So no. yeah, I've never claimed to be good at it. Man, you're, you're doing great and, and I, and I love it. So, so don't, don't feel too bad uh, yeah. about well, it. it, it it looks like the podcast did not fall apart last week, Chris, yes. as we went live for our very first time yes. uh, on YouTube. And we're so trying this again this fun. week. So, you know, cross fingers that this is going well for the anyone who isn't watching right now. So that's, that's for sure. Now, yeah, I think we, we, had, we had some like technical uh, audio difficulties uh, last week. But you know what? It's a learning process. And yeah. we're always capturing the the raw audio on our mm-hmm. ends anyway. So I, I, we, we actually capture so much raw audio before we started recording. Uh, I totally didn't know that when you upload audio files to a shared Google folder, like those count towards your storage space. So I'm like, why? Well, I thought 200 gigs was going to be enough for like paid storage on Google. Like where's all this space going? Then I didn't realize all the audio files I've been uploading for like, seven years oh, going yeah. on eight here we're counting towards my storage space so i just purged like all of last year into the folder oh it feels like so good like file storage it it, it scratches like the same itch in my brain as just like tidying up like an in real life closet or like your desk or something like that mm-hmm. so it was extremely satisfying just like ooh, yes goodbye a whole year of audio and there was a part of me chris though that was just like oh but i could maybe because this is all my side of the audio right oh yeah i yeah. should i should run all of this through like an ai and make an ai version of myself That's right. and then to have, have all those pure samples but then with this new version of ios like you just read like a couple phrases like i don't need years and years and years of examples of my audio to clone myself which is even creepier right you would have think like oh maybe like a decade ago if they were doing any sort of like voice cloning at all they probably needed a ton of like you know at least like at least a t1000 right yes i've seen terminator (laughs) 2 
But 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 the, yeah, they, they they figured out the words and phrases you have to say to like cover their entire basis for making a, a live voice. And the weird thing about the iOS update is uh, once you do that, it takes about 30 minutes and it goes through, does this rendering, comes back, and you can turn on this accessibility mode and literally just have it read anything you type. And I'm like... <laughs> Oh, I don't have to talk anymore if I don't want to. So this is this is fun. But um, I, I got to imagine it freaks a lot of people out because, I mean, we are in a position where we're kind of familiar with the, what our voices sound like, mm-hmm. more especially you, Chris, because you uh, I listen to both Lord, of us. <laughs> you do the Lord's work of editing the podcast. Yeah. Right. But I, I got to imagine there's a lot of people out there who just don't know what they sound like and they're going to mm-hmm. put it into this robot and they'd be like, oh, this sounds like shit. This doesn't sound like me and not understanding like, oh, no, that is what I sound like. Uh, well, and, and the thing is, like, you know, so those, those people who's, who claim they don't have, like, an inner monologue and they don't know, you know, they, they don't have that, and then they hear themselves, they're probably, like, even more weirded out by that point. So, yeah, absolutely. I And, and you know, thank God to Apple that they buried this, you know, uh, what's it called? Like, live voice or something like that? Or, um, it's, yeah, it's you gotta, like, you, you gotta, gotta dig, dig it. through the You gotta dig to through it. it, yeah. It's not something like, oh, hey, you updated, do this first. Like, you gotta dig in there. So, you know, people aren't gonna be, like, um... I guess I wouldn't say they're abusing it, but like they're not going to, a lot of people are going to be digging out of that one just yet. Right. They've, they've got to adjust to, to all the little changes, but, um, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're, we are, we are live. We are having a good time. And, uh, Mike has freed up some Google drive space and that's really important in today's age because they keep, they keep adding more and more and charging more and more and they're not making things smaller anymore. Mike, that's, that's a fact. (laughs) Um, but uh, the the other part of this is you know you've been you've been playing some games um, and you know you you're I would say this this the, the game you're about to say we're, Mike's been playing the Zelda games we're not gonna play the league here <laughs> uh, but Tears of the Kingdom that is the new one is that correct Yes I'm finally kind of catching up to the current day age of games on the Switch Yeah yeah and um, so so tell me about I've not played this I I've not played I didn't play Breath of the Wild I've not played the Zelda since the Gold Cartridge original and then the sequel. <laughs> So uh, tell me, tell me, tell me more about your Tears of the Kingdom experience as you've kind of gone on through that. Yeah, so like I wouldn't say I'm necessarily a Zelda fanboy, but you know this does feel very similar to back in the day when they did uh, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, right? Because they're using the same game engine, right? And we're kind of getting a similar experience, but you know different location and different story, at least within Majora's Mask. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom, it's been fun playing. I'm still at the very beginning, right? You know, I'm still kind of getting my um, getting my wings, if you will. Um, because you're falling from the sky. That's yeah. the pun there. Uh, but ha, ha, ha. Uh, they're 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 using the they're using the same game engine. They're using the same world technically, but the the overworld, you know, has been changed a little bit. Like all of the roads kind of point and go in different directions, but all of the same land masses are roughly in the same spot. But you know, time has passed. Villages have updated, so that's been really interesting. But also, you can kind of see the game design at work, which is kind of fun in a way because they're taking story elements and kind of redoing them in a different gameplay way. So in the Breath of the Wild, you had to go around and kind of, because you had amnesia after waking up after 100 years, and you had to regain your memory. So you went around to these different parts of Hyrule, and you would kind of look at like a tree, and all of a sudden your memory would come back, and Mm -hmm. you'd get a vision of what you were doing with Princess Zelda at this tree 100 years ago. Now they're kind of like these, like, I guess these are the literal tears of the kingdom that have fallen mm-hmm. and you have to find them across the, um, the, the map. And then they, it gives you an insight of what 
um, Zelda is doing. I don't know. I'm still early enough in this game that I don't exactly know what's going on, but it's interesting to see them. They're basically remaking the same game as Breath of the Wild, but trying their best to reinvent everything within like the puzzle piece and the engine that they've built themselves with. The only thing I know about this game compared to the first one is you build the hell out of whatever you want. Like you Mm -hmm. literally start, like you learn to like meld pieces together and power it with energy and stuff like that. And yeah. that's all I see are just people's creations all over yeah. the place on the internet. And that's been and that's been really fun because in Breath of the Wild you get like these set of like special tools, right? You get the ability to um, lift things, to make ice, to I'm trying to even remember some of them to freeze time. And once I got far enough into the game, I really just leaned into the combat, and I never really used a lot of these tools to like fight things in the overworld. But you have a new set of tools in this game. Uh, one of them is like you were saying, you can attach things to things and like build machines and cars and flying things. But one thing I didn't know that you can attach um, objects around the world to your weaponry. Mm-hmm. So I guess the the lore that they've built into this game is this new awakening that's happened across Hyrule has basically damaged all of the weaponry. So every time you like you find a weapon, it's like all rusted and busted and not very strong. So you're supposed to use this special skill that you have to like fuse like rocks to your yeah. sword or you fuse like this ancient technology to like a busted spear and you make a new weapon. And it's been really, really fun. I'm a lot more comfortable with the combat now since I've played an entire Breath of the Wild up into this one. So I have to say I'm having a lot more fun, but I'm still waiting kind of for the big story reveal moment in a way. Mm-hmm. Whereas like the first game relied on going uh, and freeing all of these divine beasts right and that's how you kind of get to ganon and defeat him so now i'm trying to figure out what are the divine beasts of this game i haven't quite gotten to that point yet so right now i'm just having fun wandering around kind of like revisiting like uh places i haven't been in a long time even though i played the game a couple weeks ago so mm-hmm. it's been fun obviously i don't have to be here to recommend tears of the kingdom everybody loved it but it is fun kind of just seeing the developers make a brand new game out of the exact same scaffolding yeah yeah and and you know they've had Breath of the Wild was, I wouldn't say it wasn't a launch game, but it was pretty close to a launch game on the Switch, right? Like, it, it was that. And then now yeah, uh, several, several years where they've been able to maximize that hardware and really, really take it to the to the next level within that same system, right? The only thing Literally, I think that, not only next level, new levels. You go underground and you yeah. go in the sky. There's three levels. They've of added a Z-axis to this game is what I'm hearing. My, uh, <laughs> yes. An X, Y, and now a Z. So that's that's pretty cool, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think you know a lot of people really, really, really dig that game. So glad you're having a good time with it. I, I'm literally counting. We have news about counting down the days to Spider-Man Two in my head oh, because yeah. we are so We're close. close man. Uh, Should I pre-order that game? Um, I mean, I don't know, like, if I, I want it, so and I want it day one, so yeah. should I download it on my PlayStation, I, or, you know, because yeah. I feel like if I go into a game store, the disc, I'm just going to plug it in, and the disc is just going to have me download the game anyway, right. like, there won't be any data on the disc. I only, I think I I got the first one with my PS4, like, the disc came with it, uh, so, but I bought Miles on digital, so I think I'm going to do digital with this one as well, Um you know, it's going to be a popular, everyone's going to have this game, right? It's going to be everywhere. So even if you want to pick up a disc copy later for yourself, if you were one of those people like me, uh, you probably grab them, but I would definitely get it digitally. Cause this game's not going to be small, Mike, you know, this, you're going to need uh-huh. to preload it a week in advance to even, you know, make sure you're ready to go on day one. Uh, because 
like we said, they've doubled the map size, right? They've they've increased the textures. Everything is bigger on on this generation. So I would I would pre-order it, but I mean, you could probably wait till October to pre-order it if you wanted to, because uh-huh. I don't know when that preload date is. But absolutely. So um, we are, we are just in a great year for video games, uh, and that's that's good. We need some of those. Uh, and also some housekeeping before we begin. We're going to be doing a separate review episode for One Piece after this. So. Uh, if you're listening live, stick around, and we will be coming back for One Piece uh, afterwards. And if you're not, and you're listening to us on your um, commute on Monday morning, or whenever you listen to us, whatever, we're going to be doing a separate uh, One Piece review episode for the show, because we both finished it, and we want to talk about it. So I think that's that's going to be fun, Mike. That's going to be a good time. We'll be able to, to dive into that. And honestly, uh, just to be transparent, the news this week was kind of sucky. It's very light news <laughs> this week. Now, it's never stopped us before. We've always made long shows or you know, at least a full episode of everything. But we figured we could tack on one piece uh, to make up for the, the, the news. Yeah. is kind of being hit or miss. But, right but who knows? Things could start exploding here in the next couple weeks when it comes to news because yep. the uh, writer strike is seeming like it could be wrapping up soon. We're uh, recording slash live streaming here on yeah. a Sunday afternoon out here on the West Coast. And all of the reports are saying things are getting close. Things are getting yeah. close. I saw just before we uh, hopped on here that it looks like the, the quote, last and final offer has been put down on the table by the, uh, by the studios. But, you know, that means nothing. Their right. last and final offer was also like four weeks ago. And look where yeah. we're here right now. So uh, I, I would hope that if this gets done, the actor strike gets wrapped up quickly too as yeah. well and just we can get back to just talking about all the leaks and I, news and rumors i want real news i'm tired of all these speculative news articles in mm. this like time of like well it's this person's attached to this project or this person's writing this pro-. i'm like no they're not and you don't that no one has been hired or fired during this entire strike like there's no this is all new this is all speculation so let's let's get on with with some actual news so we can look forward and um you know, start looking at release dates that are going to change inevitably at the end of the day. But uh, hopefully, again, everything wraps up uh, quickly and fairly. And um, I think a lot of the actors' uh, concerns are also the same that the writers have. So in terms of you know, AI and stuff like that, uh, likeness stuff. So hopefully they can um, meet, meet meet the same thing, right? Have, have good, good uh, you know, fairness overall. But... Um, but let's jump into let's just jump into the news. The first topic here is something we haven't talked about in a very long time. Man of Steel, uh, the movie that kicked off the DC EU ten years ago this year. Uh, David S. Goyer has been out doing interviews. I don't know. He must have a new project going on because I'm not. I I, I saw a bunch of articles about you know things him talking about Blade and Man of Steel and all the you know the uh, the Nick Fury movie he wrote in the in the late nineties for Fox or early two thousand for Fox. Uh, that they inevitably he's he's been out doing something, but David Goyer, who was the writer of Man of Steel, reveals that they met with um, uh, Tony Scott, uh, you know, director of Top Gun and other movies, about directing, and he was one of the two finalists with Zack Snyder in that in that time frame. I think a Tony Scott Man of Steel movie would have been an entirely different movie than what we saw on the screen it is really it is really wild to think about because you know every movie kind of has the second place director that almost made it and you know you think about like oh that could have been a different movie right like imagine if ant-man actually was fully directed by edgar wright you know it you know it could have changed the mcu like you know but probably not as wholly as a different director than Zack Snyder kicking off Man of Steel. Mm -hmm. Like if Zack Snyder wasn't on Man of Steel, the last like 10 years of DC would have been 
a hundred percent different factually, right? right? So it is pretty wild that there was that inflection and, moment. That, and, uh, and I don't, and you know, uh, Tony Scott obviously he he passed away in in twenty twelve. Uh, you know, probably would have made when at the end of the day, they would have made the movie right with with that being in there. But you know, there is no. Um, no other, very few directors have this have cult followings like Zack Snyder, right? Like people who are just just annoy the fuck out of you uh, to no <laughs> extent. So, I, you know, I think we might have had a a much I wouldn't say quieter, but a less maybe um, it's not offensive. In, What's the word I'm looking for? In, here? in your face. Yeah, universe. we're not getting you know people spending money to release the Snyder cut airplanes over Comic Con, right? <laughs> so um, yeah, it would have been an entirely different different beast. But you know, we, we always joke about you know David Goyer being you know is he good or is he not good, right? Like we always <laughs> we always like where does this guy really fall on the spectrum? He's got so many hits and misses. Like how do you? How do you rank this guy as as someone mm-hmm. in the comic book industry? I feel the stuff I've seen him do. I'm like, if I had been, you know, if jumped right out of school and and went into writing in Hollywood, I could have been doing what he's doing. But boy, I just, you know, I, I don't know where he falls, man. Like, right? Like, uh, do you do you have any, I guess, uh, feelings on David Goyer? Just whenever we say the name out loud, really. I it is it is like, how do you? I feel like I simultaneously like hate and love his superhero movies at the same time it's like what do you even do it it really makes me want to reserve any sort of harsh judgment uh i feel like if i if i met the person right you know if i met them and they were really really nice i'd probably give them the benefit of the doubt on everything just because Mm -hmm. i'm just like that (laughs) but if i met them and they're like a dick to me i'd be like oh no those batman movies were flukes (laughs) right right like right right. He, he he starts you know blade one Good. Blade 2, good. Blade 3, ooh. Ooh. Not so good. I also, he also directed that one. Uh, and I believe he says that Blade Trinity is like the worst experience he's ever had in his life. Uh, <laughs> and then people may or may not know the stories of Wesley Snipes literally refusing to do anything with uh, the director, David Gore. He wouldn't even open his eyes for a scene. So that's why they had to CG his eyes on a table whenever he opened them up. Have you ever seen that scene whenever the oh, CGI eyes? No, I didn't notice Oh, yeah, all. like, like it's it's everyone, even Patton Oswalt's in that movie, and everyone's like, it was awful. Like, Wesley Snipes was like a diva the entire time. So, yeah. And then he goes and does Batman Begins and does the story for The Dark Knight, Mike. Uh, and then he's like, you know what? I love doing this so much. I'm going to go write Ghost Rider's Spirit of Vengeance, which I think is actually the better of the two Ghost Riders. Um, provided the story for the Dark Knight Rises, and then wrote Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, and uh, more recently, something we talked about last year, Hellraiser, the newest Hellraiser. He he was a writer on, and we kind of came in the middle on that. We're like, yes, fine. It's, it's, it's like uh, it was alright. Chris, yeah. I found the CGI eyes. Oh right, yeah, right. I, I, okay. I had the I had to Google it. Oh my yeah. god, it's bad. I, I I suppose if you were in the movie watching it and like you know you were half glancing at the screen eating your popcorn mm-hmm. right you, you might not have noticed it but this still frame it's just like it's like when in those in those kind of like medieval kind of celtic movies when somebody dies they like paint eyes on a stone and mm-hmm. they put those stone over their eyes and like a ritual burial oh yeah 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 it's like, like <laughs> that's what this rocks feels over. like yeah um so and you know it's a movie not even Ryan Reynolds could save Mike at that point in time. <laughs> but, you know, I, I just I was always bring up like this guy has got a he is all over the place on stuff. And I, I don't really 
Yeah, maybe it's just his mood. Maybe it's the producers, the feedback, whatever. He's getting work. I can't complain. He's getting work (laughs) writing superhero movies, and we're not. But, like, you know, I'm just... I I just found the clip. I just found the clip of him opening his eyes. Yeah. And, like, (laughs) it looks like a pair of eyes behind a painting where the eye holes are cut out. Like, I, I, I don't know why I was expecting for 2004 to have fully, like, CGI eyes. And maybe that's what this is, like, you know, a 3D model with, you know, with eye, with eyelids, like, rigged. But this just looks like After Effects, put a mask around the eyes, feather the edge, and then open the eyes. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so he didn't want to open his eyes because he was mad at David Goyer, uh, the director <laughs> slash writer, producer of the movie. Wow. So, yeah. Hilarious. Anyway, let's talk about the current state of DC. DC Studios, right? The James Gunn, uh, Peter Safran, uh, presidents of the studios moving forward. Apparently, uh, Leviston in the UK studio uh, will become will get space added to become the primary product hub for DC projects. And that I, that yeah, go on. I don't know. I don't know if it's the exact same hub or location where they do a lot of the Star Wars filming, but, I mean, that's another iconic kind of, like, franchise well, IP that they're doing over there in the U.K. It, um, it's not Star Wars, because this is all owned by Warner Brothers, but you're, the U.K. does have several studios. This is right next to, um, they, they. I think they did a lot of Harry Potter here when it was filming, mm-hmm. and uh, right now Game of Thrones, uh, the, the, the dragon one, whatever it's called, is filming there currently. Oh, House of the Dragon. House of the Dragon season two, yes, it's filming there. So, um, yeah, absolutely. They they are very much, you know, a huge, huge thing. Um, boy, what is the name of that studio over there for Star Wars? Now you've got me thinking about it. <laughs> and I don't remember what it is. Um, but- yeah, it makes me wonder, like, uh, I feel like moves like this in Hollywood never happen out of, like, creative necessity, right? You know, you could try to, like, pin this down to, like, ge- geography, right? Like, whoa, is there, like sets or locations over there that they're closer mm-hmm. to that they'd like to film at but then you know that they're just going to be in some sort of like volume or green screen room for a large portion of the movie anyway so i don't think proximity has anything to do with it it just really feels like there's a tax break over there that they're getting to yeah. move this they, entire production looking at it right now they have at least currently 79 acres uh backlot uh so with exteriors for exteriors and then a uh, 540,000 square foot of indoor space that they're doubling. So they're going to have about a million square foot of indoor space and all this outdoor space. Um, I, I don't know, are the actors that have hired for this, are they British? Like, is that, does that just make it easier as well? Um, I don't know. Uh, but, but you're right. And it's Pinewood. Pinewood is the Star Wars Yeah, one. that's right. Uh, but yeah. Maybe it's, um, uh, I mean, there could be a, a portion of it where, you know, maybe Atlanta and Georgia is just all full up. Like, yeah. they, they've been giving out the best tax breaks, you know, for, like, well well over a decade. It's got to be at least, like, 20 mm-hmm. years now. And, hey, we're just out of room. You know, yeah. get out of here. Find someplace else. Yeah, and I'm, look, I'm actually looking this up. Um, not just Warner Brothers things here. Uh, Spider-Man Far From Home filmed here as well. Um, Barbie. Uh, filmed there as well so uh fast 10 the flash mission impossible this year yeah they've, they've done a lot of movies over there so um to me again you know you mentioned it's going to be green screen i feel you know james gunn from his work on guardians does he does have cg but he relies a lot on, on real effects right you can see that in guardians 3 with the uh all the aliens and, and you know even the um 
the villain. So like I, I feel like he might, you know, like hey, we if we're gonna do it, we need to do it with real stuff. But yeah, I, I I'm sure there's like financial reasons why to do it there, right? Mm-hmm. Like so we'll we'll probably hear some more as they kind of work into to some productions uh, when they kick back off after after the strikes are over. So pretty pretty excited for that. Uh, let's shift some gears back into Marvel. We have some Marvel topics. Loki, in case people didn't know, is taking the Ahsoka approach, where Ahsoka is debuting Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Uh, Loki will now be doing Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, uh, starting October 5th on Disney Plus, Mike. Hey, so now we don't have to worry about spoilers. Waking up <laughs> to up spoilers, yeah. you're right. Yeah, uh, you. I mean, yeah. I mean, it it, it, it kind of sucked to do the the midnight release. I enjoy this actually. It kind of makes the evening fairly well. Like, you know, it's like you know we stay up, we'll watch it, and go to bed, and that's that's great. And um, you know, for you guys, I I was like, well, how's that work for six p.m.? Well, you probably aren't on the internet as much for like two hours before yeah, you, you watch just, it uh, so you just you just watch it while you're eating dinner yeah <laughs> that's how what's how it works out here on the west coast so but uh yeah if anyone out there is too young to remember thursday nights used to be the time to watch television right mm-hmm. must see tv thursdays on cable television yeah. if anybody has any idea we, what i'm talking we didn't about, have cable so. we had over the air but i remember tgif right Thank, uh, mm-hmm. you know that was friday nights not friday at midnight in the morning and we always had um our family always had the sunday ritual was the animation domination on fox mm-hmm. uh, we'd always sit down and watch that stuff but um yeah very very excited to have another show not be something i have to avoid for you know possibly 12 hours uh mm-hmm. after i wake up to to see spoilers so uh, get ready for that next month in marvel the other show that was supposed to come out this year which has been delayed to january's echo and the rumor is that in this time they've taken they've uh, cut the series to five one-hour episodes uh, to try new pacing. Like, will, you know, our five episodes better? You know, if we take these six episodes and just cut them into five, is that better kind of thing? Rather than doing the six half-hour, what is it, 40-minute 40, 40 episodes, if you will? Um, Man, this this show is going to be such a tough marketing sell, right? Like, nobody is really super familiar with the character i don't really see a whole lot of how, how much people making memes out of the hawkeye tv show it seems like it was briefly in the zeitgeist when it was airing and now it's how, nobody really talks about it really at all well this is this is obviously one of the was that bob chapek demands right like we need content pick a character make a show uh mm-hmm. kind of thing and we and a lot of bunch of that came out of this but how much of that marketing do you think is going to rely on Kingpin and Daredevil, like being all oh, over it? Like yeah. this is going to be the bridge to that, and that's all they're going to use it for. At yeah, the end it, of the day. it's gonna it's gonna be like Thor Ragnarok when they uh, leaned into the Hulk in a lot of yeah. the marketing material. I gotta imagine that's what's going on there, and. I mean, a binge model, I mean, this is an interesting experiment because because this is maybe what's necessary, right? They're, mm. Like I've said a million times on this show, if you have talented people involved in your project, it doesn't matter what character or IP you're developing. Like if it's yeah. good, it's good, right? The problem is, is getting people interested and invested in it. So maybe this is the strategy if you have a character that, you know, is not really going to draw a lot of people to your streaming service, release well, uh- it all at once – Maybe people binge it all in one weekend, like a, I guess a five-hour setting, which is like what, like two Martin Scorsese movies, yeah. or a Martin Scorsese movie and a half, depending. I think uh, the Killers of the two, Flower Moon is that uh, what it's one, called? One and a half Oppenheimers. How about that? We'll yeah. 
Exactly. But so if the series really, really good, people could binge it over the weekend, head to social media and be like, wow, I'm surprised to say this, but Echo was an amazing yeah. binge. You got to go watch it and check it out. One of the other things is, you know, obviously they're trying to reduce costs on all these shows, right? One of the things you have to reduce costs on is marketing. And if you have a weekly show, guess what? You have a weekly marketing budget that you have to do, right? And everything's weekly. You have to create it weekly. Well, with the binge model, you just do it all at once. Uh, you do a before and an after, and that's it. Uh, and and you know, we'll talk about that a little bit, I think, with One Piece later. Um, they didn't have to do a weekly marketing with One Piece. Uh, so maybe maybe Echo, maybe they have something they want to try with this. Again, a, a binge release doesn't mean it's bad, right? Again, that's what Netflix does for most of its shows still. Uh, they'll do like two-parters, but like it's not been done on Disney+. Plus. I'm excited to kind of see if it if it does pay off uh, to just watch it all and, and not have to um, come back week after week and feel like you're being sometimes dragged over hot coals, depending on what the show is. So, um, yeah, that'll come out in January. We'll, we'll be talking about it more next year when that hits. Uh, all the other show, the other thing coming out next year, hopefully, uh, if it's still on track, is Deadpool three and Sean Levy, uh, who was the director, says a sequel pays respects to Fox's Marvel history, uh, and people are taking that to allude that maybe it's a proper send off for the Fox universe. Like again, we've heard rumors. How many cameos have we have mentioned over this over the past year, Mike? Everybody who everyone's on the table if you've been in a Fox property uh, that was a Marvel show or movie. So honestly could be could be anything but we did see the onset photos showing the fox 20th century or 20th yeah century fox uh logo crumbled at that place where he was fighting yeah. deadpool so um yeah i i don't know what to make of it but it sounds like they've got a plan right and yeah, you know, we're just gonna be sitting yeah. in rumor land until we get a trailer yeah it makes me think this kind of gives me more of like a pivot of they're going to be leaning more like you said into these kind of more historic x-men properties and maybe less into let's try to transition deadpool into the mcu proper right let's put let's put deadpool in a scene with chris evans let's put deadpool in a scene with loki or whatever i mean all that stuff would be cool and maybe we could still possibly see something to that magnitude in this movie but yeah it seems like now they're like no since the fox x-men franchise is kind of officially dead in the water because i feel like when when deadpool 2 came out there were still kind of like maybe we can get this going you know maybe we can reignite it again maybe we can reboot it think, you know new mutants hadn't come out yet right i so think there dark still, phoenix wasn't even out by that point either yeah so there's still possibility and hope but now since it's all dead they're just like oh yeah you know bring it all out of the closet I, I hope that the I think one of the smartest things that they could do is get James Marsden for sure because he has only gotten exponentially more famous since yeah. playing the role of Cyclops. So that feels and like a no-brainer. And he looks the same after all these yeah. years. He and also age. like James, who doesn't love James Marsden? Yeah. That guy's great. So yeah. bring bring him back. Like um, I I think Gene Gray would be possibly a good idea. You know, yeah. maybe Logan could kind of have some you know, a send off there. Yeah. I mean, professor X, I feel like that's the, the big question mark, right? You know, I feel like he's been cameoing and everything recently. Yeah, yeah. He got his, doc he got his doctor strange cameo in his real wheelchair. Uh, there's that, you know, there's obviously not just X-Men, but you know, fantastic Four, the ghost rider, uh, daredevil, Electra stuff we've talked about. So honestly, it sounds like they're possibly, you know, trying to, to send them off. And, you know, we've talked about the rumor that they're trying to, you know, gather people from these different worlds to create a team uh, for the incursions. But 
I don't know. I, I want to see a trailer. Like, you know, one of the things I want to see everything in action because we've seen the set photos. We've seen the costumes. We know they're having a good time. Let's get on with it. Let's see. Let's see it in motion. But um, I know we're still maybe they're still filming. Just, just pitching an idea here. But um, wasn't there the other week? Weren't we talking about there was going to be some sort of like high level character out in the world trying to like get Deadpool or court Deadpool to fix the universe? Um, well, the, that's why I just said that it wasn't a character. It was like the the they were trying to recruit people. I think maybe it wasn't the Beyond. Oh, it was, maybe it was just yeah, or somebody maybe the TVA at large or something. Yeah, like the that. TVA. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Maybe instead of the TVA trying to get Deadpool to save the universe, maybe the TVA is rounding up all of these old X Men franchise people to kill Deadpool because mm. Deadpool's messing everything up. So maybe Deadpool's gonna have to fight well, all of these people off, and maybe that'll kind of yeah. um, fulfill one of his more iconic comic book stories of Deadpool kills the Marvel universe well, I think, where, you know, Deadpool well, maybe, fights back against them all. Well, maybe you, maybe you take it the other way where, you know, he is, he has that time thing and he has been messing everything up, but the TVA catches him. He's like, all right, to fix this, you need to go destroy these other universes before they collide with other ones. So you're going to save lives by killing the universes. But I don't, it doesn't really put the, that the one scene, the quarry scene we've seen with all the, the debris around it. Right. In, uh-huh. in there yet. But I think there's plenty of opportunity you know, obviously Ryan Reynolds is having the time of his life with this character that was never supposed to happen, uh, or at least when it happened, it was Wolverine Origins. Um, so uh, he, he's got he's got to have a really good comeback as this character, and you know, getting, getting Hugh Jackman in together. We've always dreamed of it. He always teased it, and I can't believe those Mad Men over there. They got it done, Mike. They got it done for us. So um, right now, this is uh, come out in May next year. Hopefully, uh, things get uh, tightened up again quickly and fairly with the. Uh, actors guild and we can uh start filming and getting some of this some of this going so knock on wood as i mentioned at the top show spider-man 2 the game has gone uh gold and do you know what that means mike i found a lot of people didn't know what this phrase means Uh, yeah no i don't know what it means they have they've essentially printed a gold master disc this is the disc that they will make all the pressings from, the copies that go out into the wild. Oh, or like the okay. so it's not, it's not like it's gone platinum or something yes. like pre-orders. Yeah, yeah. so gold, they've essentially made a, it's referred to the gold master. This is the master that will be pressed on everyone's copies that buys the physical disc. Um, so uh, that means they are on track. If that's out in the wild, that means they are on track to make that, that release date. Like of, of 10 I mean, I'm, I'm pretty shocked. I mean, you might have a better memory than me, Chris of kind of keeping track of the history of development of Spider-Man 2, but did we get any real, like, delays for the production of this game? They, they, it seems like they were very on schedule. They the did not part. give us a release date till this year, is why. Um, they were, they were that's like... That's how you do it. That's yeah. how you do it, folks. <laughs> and that's what they did. They There was at some point, I think, that, and, and um, because it's a Sony owns the studio, and that and Thor Ragnarok, uh, not Thor Ragnarok, God of War Ragnarok. They met their release dates because they didn't give us a release date till it was on time. And I believe the first time they showed God of War footage, there was so much of like, you know, just a bunch of people just being nasty negative online. The guy who runs the studio was like, all right, fine. We're not releasing anything else until the month it comes out. And they, they kept to that, which was great. So um, it, it, it's great to see these studios, you know, again, get the time they need, the uh, support they need and be able to kind of, do what they want to make sure the best foot for a game is put forward rather than, you know, people being able to tear it apart three, four years in advance. Uh, the other thing about this, uh, people who played a demo, they, they, they recently did like, a, I think a 20 minute demo for people 
um, uh, publishers and reviewers uh, that will have the ability to turn on fall damage for Spider-Man. Oh, uh, shit. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, well... Uh, that's interesting. I mean, so I mean, that could be like a fun challenge. I mean, listen, after I finished uh, Elden Ring, I just wanted to watch Elden Ring content on YouTube. That's all I wanted. And I want to see people do dumb challenges like mm-hmm. beat the game you without jumping. You wanted to jumping. see Let Me beat Solar the, Her the whole time, yeah. right? <laughs> beat, beat the game with just a stick or, you know, a bow only run. So this could be like a fun way of like – um, maybe kind of like the grounded mode in The Last yeah. of Us, where like you know, play without taking fall damage, which could be really hard. Yeah, well, and I think you know, there's obviously they have trophies right on PlayStation. They could have some trophies mm-hmm. for this. Uh, I, to me, the fall damage. I don't. I think I maybe fallen off a building, land on the ground like a couple times in the original one. But I'm, I just love swinging so much in that game from buildings. Like I usually don't have to worry about that. And um, with the wingsuit, you probably have another option right before you hit mm-hmm. the ground. So. It's fun they had the option to turn it on if you want a more, I guess, quote, quote, realistic mode. But I don't think it's something people are going to flock to to turn on right away. But, oh, well, we'll figure it out. I'm excited. This game comes out uh, 1020 uh, the same day this new uh, Super Mario Wonder game comes out for Switch. I think I told you that the other day, too. So, um, two, guess what? There were no delays on that game, Mike, because they didn't announce it until, like, two months ago. So, uh, those people in Japan, they, they have it down. They know They know what to do over there with the... When they announce their stuff, so kudos to them. Uh, but also in the same vein of Spider-Man, Ultimate Spider-Man. We don't talk about this very often, but knowing that they are re- potentially rebooting the universe, Ultimate Spider-Man um, has also been a, a huge thing for comic books in the past 20 years. But a new Ultimate Spider-Man comic series has been revealed with one of my favorite writers, John Hickman, to write it in January. So a lot of his previous Avengers work led to the infinity war in game characters and the, the story arc. So uh, this is means that possibly in several years, we may be seeing some of his ultimate Spider-Man work make its way over to uh, the MCU. Could you give me like just a really, really quick, um, update on what exactly is going on over with the Ultimate Universe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The last, I, the last I checked in, the the Ultimate Universe had kind of folded into uh, uh, the main Marvel Universe, or at least they conjoined, yep. just like all universes do in comic books. You know, they like to branch off, then eventually bring it all back together to mm-hmm. sell you a new number one of Avengers or a number one of Spider-Man. So I thought the Ultimate Universe was done. Yes. So it seems like it's coming back so, to life. So in, um, in Jonathan Hickman, Secret Wars, uh, which is basing the, the upcoming movies on uh, Ultimate, the Ultimate Universe, and the uh, regular Marvel Universe that had an incursion where they had to fight to see who would win. It was the last incursion; they were the last two universes, and we came up with Battle World later. So yes, the Ultimate Universe uh, existed uh, as a little pocket in Secret uh, Battle World until everything was uh, that ended, and everything merged into one universe. Only two people from the Ultimate Universe made the transition over. Miles Morales, who was technically was created and um, made his debut in the Ultimate Comic Books, and The Maker, which is your evil version of Reed Richards, Mike, which um, I know you bring that up quite a bit when we talk about Fantastic Four. Yeah. So those two are the only two people who made it over to this universe. In the new comic book series out right now called Ultimate Invasion, The Maker has decided he's going to go create a new universe um, or take over another multiverse and make it his own his new home, his his own ultimate universe, if you will. 
So he's gone over there and has been manipulating this universe to his liking, leading to some, yes, ultimate iterations of characters and some new versions of those. But there's one issue left, and with the ending, my guess is it's going to kick off into this new ultimate universe, if you will. Um, with, from the maker and uh, he did ask Miles to come with him but Miles said no so I, I don't know what's going to happen or how this is ultimate Spider-Man again but I'm excited to know that someone who has been very influent, influential in Marvel comic books and the movies stuff is, is going to be kind of taking over with that and giving us a new one if you will did I answer your question? <laughs> No, that 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 did it. Okay, it's actually exciting. I feel like I don't read a whole lot of comic books anymore, like I did back in college. But it's always fun finding like YouTube videos or like TikTok accounts that like recap comic book stories or mm-hmm. arcs that are like newer out into the world. Because it's kind of like that same itch that I scratch when I watch like recap videos on YouTube for TV shows. It's like, oh, I get to speed run all of these comics. I don't yeah. have to sit down and actually read them. Yeah, so well, that's what I just have you do for me on the show. Exactly. Wow. And I and you know me, Mike. My, my, my comic book weakness is the ultimate universe. And I, I own all the issues and I've been picking up this new ones. So I'm very excited to do this. I have heard rumors and you know, flag these as rumors that there will be a new Ultimates comic series spinning out of this as well. And then Ultimate Black Panther, and I believe another, maybe I think it was maybe Ultimate X Men, um, or Fantastic Four, one of the two, coming another team book, if you will, coming out of this. So um, if you're into Ultimate stuff and you're looking to to pick up some number ones, as Mike said, starting over uh, next year seems to be the year to possibly be doing that. And now we're back into things that started off as comic books, Mike. You know, to transition, but now are way more than comic books and that's the teenage mutant ninja turtles and uh, paramount plus threw an ad up this week and it shows the logo of tales of the teenage mutant ninja turtles mike the spinoff slash i guess continuation of mutant mayhem and, and that is where the lion's share of all turtles ip has always existed is on your small screen at your yeah. television that right? to- that in your toy shelf <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so, and I've been looking like I've been trying to find like really high quality yeah. like figures of these mutant mayhem turtles, and like there there's some like nicer ish ones, kind of like how Marvel has like the Marvel like Legends action figures, right? It's like mm-hmm. you know they look better than a normal figure, but it's not quite like a like a hot toy or a sideshow collectible. So, if there's ever like a sideshow collectible of like these mutant mayhem turtles, I I am. I'm I'm very curious. You, you were down for that, huh? Yes, but yeah, the, the I mean, yeah, I, I wonder what the interpretation is supposed to look like on the the small well, screen. Are they going to be using the same like 3D models? Or well, I will tell you, looking at the logo, it gives me a flat feel, if you will. Uh, it's not even the same fonts as Mutant Mayhem, and I was like, you know, it is Mutant Mayhem. Is are they just taking the voice actors? in the world and doing it in a different art style you think uh, to to make it cheaper more more quicker to produce for television at the end of the day i mean uh potential spoilers here for uh mutant mayhem so if you haven't watched it yet go watch it it's great streaming on paramount plus so i don't think there's anything stopping you from really getting out there and watching it but after the end of the movie you know these turtles are moving on to a new chapter of their life and they're like out in the human world like going to school so i would imagine if like i was pitching a tv show for these turtles you know that won't necessarily encroach right on the sequel of the movie like you just show their like adventures in high school right you know yeah like what are some of the what's the mischief that they're getting up to how are they like adapting to like 
you know, life in school. That that kind of seems like what you do there. And and yeah, the the uh, to to completely spin that in another direction. I feel like the tales of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles would be possibly stories they tell each other or tell other students and they like kind of like flashbacks and like you know how they did some of the artwork in the sh- in the movie like hey this this is how we you know michelangelo views things kind of thing so mm-hmm. I, I it could be that if they really want to do that but I, hopefully it's you know a continuation a bridge between the two movies yeah um, the, the big the big question here is uh, how many episodes do they make because yeah. i feel like if anyone's familiar out there with like turtles even when they only get a couple of seasons right before like the audience ages out of it and they got to reboot it all over again. Like they always put up numbers, right? Like I feel 52, like even, uh, usually a total 52 or so. Yeah. But if it's, if this is going to be like possibly streaming uh-huh. only, I mean, we're not entirely sure, but if it's Paramount plus, it sounds like yeah. it is. Maybe it's only like eight episodes. So maybe it is a little bit more like boutique you know, they're not My- really just going to, like crank them out they're like they'll be like you know maybe like six or eight until you know the tide you over I, until then i would one. i'm gonna probably be honest and say we're, we're probably way off base and since probably like maybe like one of those more shows aimed at kids than we think it is like you know like as you mentioned aged out like maybe these are like teenage mutant ninja Turtles shorts for paramount plus um and like maybe they're five to ten minutes and they do a bunch of them so uh, I, I just don't know. We have nothing to look on other than this logo, which is in our show notes, by the way. And I wish we had more about this because it's exciting because Mutant Mayhem was so good and so refreshing. And, you know, obviously it just it just really brought everything together so well that we haven't had a, something this quality Turtles in a long time that, you know, you're excited. I'm excited. I hope they continue it. Right. My, that's that's what I want them to do and, and, and ride that boat. And guess what? They didn't have crunch time on that movie, Mike. Unlike spider-verse because you know a spider-verse is a great movie everyone who worked on it did an amazing job but you don't have to like run your employees to death to make a good movie and uh turtles prove that at the end of the day so not good we'll, we'll, we'll keep everybody posted especially you mike we'll, we're gonna be putting this in here for you yes, you know i will please. now let's get into our last bit of news here our last topic is the toxic avenger and have you ever seen the toxic avenger movies from the 80s, Mike. Uh, absolutely 90s. not. The only thing I really know about the Toxic Avenger is it was a, a gross neon-colored like action figure that mm-hmm. I would like see in comic book shops or like Spencer's collectibles, like next to like the 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 differently grotesque Spawn figures, right? So mm-hmm. it, it always just kind of felt like an edgy thing that I was just too young to understand or appreciate. And even if you are looking up the Toxic Avenger on Google oh, Image yeah. Search and you don't have Google Image Search like you know set to like not safe mode or what whatever it's called, uh, it will filter out some of the more uh, just. Uh, up close shots of the Toxic Avenger. And I'm not even talking about like a part of the movie where like there's blood flying everywhere, there's pus or goo or anything like that. It's just his face. This it's is just grotesque. his pre-molded yeah. like silicon face that they made for the actor, right? They will uh, Google will straight up not show you that because they they're looking at it with all of their software and algorithm. Like, uh, uh-uh, we can't show this to children's eyes. Yeah. So uh, I I do know Chris on the the thumbnail for this episode that I put. Elijah Wood's face next to the Toxic Avenger. Now I know yeah. Elijah Wood's character is not supposed to be the right. Toxic Avenger, so I did at least a, a modicum of okay. research. Not yes. a lot. <laughs> so the Toxic Avenger uh, and sequels and anime show are were made by Troma Studios. And you may or may not know Troma. They are essentially a B-list studio that makes pretty 
gross movies, but the, you know they're not in the major wheelhouse of Hollywood, right? They, they'll do movies and they'll do B-list stuff, you know, 80s, 90s. But this is the essentially the, I guess, studio that birthed James Gunn as we know him. And that's why we kind of bring this into this. Uh, and they are doing a remake, uh, I guess, um, or maybe a, a continuation. They're really unclear if this is a retelling or a remake of Toxic Avenger and starring Peter Dinklage as the Toxic Avenger. Mike, uh, also lovely known as Toxie in his animated TV show, uh, The Toxic Avengers, that came out later. Um, of but, course there's an animated TV show. This is like RoboCop all over again. It, it's it, like, it, let's take something very adult and make it for kids on TV. I am 100% <laughs> sure uh, there. I had, or at least has seen, remember growing up, toys for The Toxic Avengers. Oh, yeah. I mean, that is what my nostalgia is tied to. Like, if you just search, like, Toxic Avengers, and, like, toys. And I'm going to be honest. Like, they're so weird. You, you put these on a shelf next to Turtles toys from the 90s. Exactly. Pretty close. You you are exactly right. I think whenever I saw a Toxic Avenger toy, I was just like, is there like an episode of TMNT that I've been missing? Because all of Mm. these characters, I do not, I've never seen them They've been covered in ooze, and they have some sort of weird, quirky (laughs) ability that we're just not used to. Um, But yeah, so so absolutely, that's what I'm used to. You know, obviously a very misfigured person uh, who is... Uh, very, I guess, big and powerful. Now, obviously, you cast Peter Dinklage in this. You're going to probably end up with a different Toxic Avenger at the end of this. Uh, But from the EW article that we have linked in here, one of the biggest talking points is not Peter Dinklage as the Toxic Avenger because they never show him. They, They have not given this to him yet other than a shadow glimpse. But it is, in fact, Elijah Wood doing his best modern Danny DeVito penguin that you could definitely <laughs> do. And that's what everyone's called. Like he looks like the penguin or he looks like Gollum if he never or Frodo if he never gave up the ring and turned into a Gollum at the end yeah. of this. He's- there's like a little bit there's like a bit in the article where Elijah Wood was saying that he wanted to do one of the things that actors do best, which is you disappear into the role. So yeah. When you're watching the movie, you don't think, oh, I'm looking at Frodo the whole time, or I'm looking at Elijah Wood. It's just yeah. like, no, I'm just looking at this character. This character. And he also uh, likens it a little bit to the character Riff Raff from Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, mm. And I can kind of see that with, with, the, with the haircut, uh, hairstyle. But yeah, there's that. We get Kevin Bacon, I believe, as a millionaire money bag you know, villain in this. As you can kind of scroll down, you'll see him like with a some sort of vial of goo. Like that is obviously is supposed to be evil. Um, but the, the reason I bring this up is, you know, this is a very, very interesting movie with a lot of very big names. And I don't know what to even think about it. Is this something I want to watch? Is this something you want to watch? Uh, like, is <laughs> it know. curiosity that's going to make me want to watch this more than anything yeah, else? That That's definitely what it is. And th- this kind of feels like, is this going to kind of be possibly like a sister, like movie night? to the new Spawn movie that's supposed uh-huh. to be coming out soon where it's like kind of like a new kind of take on telling a Spawn story uh-huh. where you t- tell it a little bit smaller so maybe I don't know this is kind of like the vibe Well Spawn Spawn is the uh, the uh, what's his name McFarlane came out last week and said his script's not done and he's not writing it during the the thing so we probably won't get a see spawn but like uh, but like wait a little bit longer it, you know obviously this is pretty much it's it's um coming to austin's fantastic fest which i think that it which was already out this week so people have already seen this but i'm excited to see this is this coming to streaming i don't know is this a streaming movie based on uh, like th- what it looks like 
this has Netflix written all over it in a sense of it doesn't seem like it's tied to a big streamer already. Yeah. And that's usually when Netflix swoops in and picks it up because like, oh, it's already not a Warner Brothers property, you know, or it's not a Universal Comcast. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see this on Netflix. Yeah, I'm trying to look at there. There is uh, I'm, I'm pulling up the Wikipedia page here to kind of see. Um, but I, I'm not really, you know, it's released at Fantastic Fest. I don't see it anywhere else. Um, so maybe maybe they're hoping to um, get someone to grab it, right? Like, you know, maybe like, hey, we, we debuted at Fest. Someone will pick it up and stream it for us. But um, I, I want to see this out of curiosity simply because I remember the Toxic Avenger toys from a child, maybe not so much the movies. Um, but I am very interested to see what they do with this in the, in this cast uh, at the end of the day, right? So, um, yeah, take a, everyone, everyone take a look at this this EW article and just look at this, and then go look up Toxic Avenger uh, on Google, like Mike said. You know, the the, the character, the person, the the toys. Uh, he's got his 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 iconic headband and his mop. Like that is what I've always seen, and we kind of see like in the shadow of the last image here on EW. The, the nuclear green glowing mop, it looks like, right at the end of it. So um, very, very excited to just see what this is about. I don't even know. But that's the news for this week, Mike. We actually are going to hop off here, reset, and then do a uh, One Piece episode, review episode. So if you've seen One Piece, we invite you to come listen to that. If not, um, watch it and then come come review it with us. Uh, or, you know, if you're, you know, really don't want to watch it, just want to listen to us talk about it, hop in. We'd be more than happy to. But we're going to go do that. But if people know what you're up to, what you're doing, where can they find you at, Mike? Well, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And you can read my webcomic at liferewardsrisk.com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you, where mm-hmm. can they find you? You can find me on Instagram, Valdan, V A L D A N. Uh, those following 87 on their VLADN87 uh, or video game systems of that same name uh, on there or come back every week or sometimes twice a week where we do this uh, our superhero news show but if people want to figure out where they can listen to it where can they get all the goodies at no, if you want to find out where all of our uh, toxicity and our mm-hmm. toxic Avengers, uh, it's a system later. of a down song. We're doing system yes. of a down song now. <laughs> it's all over at superheroslate.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever else you love to listen to fine podcasts. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and get merch at superheroslate.com slash store. Man, I really need to update the last bit of the sign off. It's it's aging like milk at this point in time. I, I think we've up- like I think I pulled from an older episode because of the review, so I apologize. No, I think it is just the sign of the times where it's just like who uses Facebook anymore? It's not yeah. even called Twitter, even though I want it to be called we're, Twitter. We're a podcast. We don't care. <laughs> we like you can find us on socials, but we know you're listening in your car. Just subscribe. That's all you need. Mm-hmm. That's all you need. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, but, and super fans we need super fans yeah and if you want to be a super fan of superhero slate all you got to do is share the show with a friend share the show with a buddy and we'll be here every week folks that's right we'll see you guys next week bye thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe